Welcome to Rocking Our Prize. I'm your host, Dr. Alisons. Now, the Middle East is renowned for female seclusion, cousin marriage, and discriminatory family laws. Gulf countries are especially conservative. But they've actually seen the world's greatest leap in female employment. Back in the 1960s, female labour force participation was in single figures in Bahrain, Oman, Qatar, Kuwait, UAE. But now, was rocketed up into the 40s. 40%. Most pa- now, this confounds every single theory about gender in the Middle East. To survive the harsh deserts of Arabia, pastoral nomads closely cooperated with kin and reinforced bonds through cousin marriage. Close-knit families share honour collectively and a woman's impropriety sustains the entire family. A woman operating outside the home is often seen as promiscuous. Women are thus veiled, secluded and tightly policed. Until now, as rising female employment reveals, geography is not destiny. Others have emphasised oil. Michael Ross famously argued that natural resource wealth reduces the cost of imports, so curbs labour-intensive manufacturing. Plus, oil makes men so fantastically wealthy that they can afford to provide for their families single-handedly. Yet clearly this is not necessarily true. And no, I checked, rising female employment isn't just a function of migration. The trend also holds for citizens. If we look at manufacturing, 48% female. Construction, 47%. Financial intermediaries, 45%. In Kuwait. Similarly in Bahrain, finance, 35% women. What on earth is going on? Well, there's this brilliant paper by Botov, Lawati and Wellborn. They show that emirization has created labour shortages. The oil-rich Gulf states are strongly dependent on migrant labour. Emiratis are only 11% of UAE's population. From the 1980s, governments in the Gulf sought to indigenize employment. All UAE bank managers must be nationals. In Oman, 45% of jobs in finance, insurance and real estate are reserved for citizens. Kuwait's nationalization quotas apply to banking, real estate, education and manufacturing. So you see, employers may well have preferred men, but as oil wealth fueled demand in these tiny countries, they ran out of skilled labor. And, and, and Gulf women are exceptionally well qualified. Female education has risen rapidly with growing wealth and state investment. So, Muslim women have seized new economic opportunities in manufacturing, construction, retail, education and finance. They overcame the resource curse. So, taking a step back and theorising more broadly... We see that female employment rises when labour demand exceeds qualified men. So, this can be one of four mechanisms. One, labour-intensive agriculture, as in much of sub-Saharan, agricu- uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, where hoe cultivation prevails. Secondly, structural transformation, as in Europe, North America, Latin America and East Asia. Third, communism. And that's under authoritarian production targets and low labour costs. It's in the USSR. Now, fourthly, labour indigenization policies, like the Gulf. So, on top of this, culture mediates the rate at which female employment rises in response to the demand. 
In societies with a strong preference for female seclusion, women's earnings must be sufficiently high to compensate for the loss of honour. But clearly no culture is insurmountable, not even patriarchal Arabia. If earnings are sufficiently high and the risk to honour relatively low, women seize new economic opportunities. Now, I must add an important caveat. Female employment is not enough. Feminist activism is necessary for gender equality. Employment is no protection against sexual assault, harassment and honour killings. In the Gulf, men who kill adulterous wives, sisters or daughters are exonerated with a minor fine. Men who rape, their, who rape are exempt from prosecution if they marry their victims. Spousal rape remains legal. And this culture of impunity is reinforced by repressive Gulf monarchies. Survivors often remain silent since their assault is considered shameful. But Gulf women are now speaking out, supporting each other and demanding reform. In January this year, Asaya Al-Faraj made a viral video about male violence. And as Najiba Hayat commented, it seems rudimentary. We've never had these discussions before. Every single girl has kept this in her chest for so long. Indeed, the, the rates of gender-based violence are exceptionally high. Inspired, Shaima Shamo launched Lana Sket, which means I will not be silent. And she says, we must speak up, unite and defend each other because what is happening is unacceptable. So thousands of Kuwaiti women are now sharing their ordeals, decrying abuse and emboldening each other. Many, many are actually connecting via Clubhouse, the social media app. So while xenophobia and labour indigenization policies may have fueled female employment, only activism can overturn the patriarchy. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Alice Emma.